Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning. It is 730 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. A lot going on in the markets today. A little bit of company news. Most of it is a fear trade out there, what's going on with Brexit and global economies. But uh, Japanese Line Corporation, they're uh, going to go public in July, They're making official what we had already reported. They want to raise as much as a billion dollars. They're going to sell shares in the U.S. and in Japan. Unicredit, uh, their board of directors met late last night, discussed the type of manager they want to succeed the chief executive officer. Frederico Gizoni is leaving. They say the process may take weeks. Jack Ma over in China. His Ant Financial Holding Group, his financial affiliate, buys a 20% stake in Shanghai SunTime Information Technology. They provide data tracking Chinese hedge funds. Be interesting to see what he does with that. Now let's check in with Bob Moon and get the latest world and national headlines. Bob? Good morning. The White House is giving the U.S. military the go-ahead to conduct airstrikes on the Afghan Taliban if need be. Senior U.S. and defense officials say the decision was made in recent days as Afghans continue to struggle with a resurgent Taliban. There are signs everywhere of Democratic Party unification behind presumptive presidential nominee Hillary Clinton, from the endorsement by President Barack Obama to a subdued Bernie Sanders talking about meeting with his former rival to discuss ways to beat Republican Donald Trump. Clinton also got the endorsement last night of outspoken Senator Elizabeth Warren, the lone holdout among Democratic women in the Senate. A huge procession will escort the body of Muhammad Ali around the landmarks of his of his life in his hometown of Louisville, Kentucky today. It will include his boyhood home, the boulevard that bears his name, and the museum that stands as a lasting tribute to his boxing triumphs and his humanitarian causes. Thousands are expected to line the parade route and cram the city's biggest arena for a memorial. And that is the latest in world and national news. Michael. Thank you, Bob. Time now for the Land Rover Persephone Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with Rob Bushka. Hey, good morning, Mike. Look who is back at 500 at your New York Yankees after an impressive four-game sweep of the Angels at the stadium. Carlos Beltran did not go yard. Unlike the first three games, he did serve up his thoughts on what's been a great week. I think we played good baseball this series and uh, happy to be able to start the homestand in, uh, in a positive note. And, uh, you know, we just need to continue to, to find a way to continue to play the same way we've been doing. Uh, we're pitching good. We're playing good defense. We're hitting well. So we need to continue to stay with the same plan. Beltran went one for three, and he drove in a pair in the 6-3 win. Homestand continues tonight. The Tigers pay a visit. Former Met Mike Pelfrey is on the bump opposite of CC Sabathia. Yankees will try and pick up some ground on Baltimore. They're going to be without Manny Machado, their star, who was suspended four games for his role in a brawl versus Kansas City this week. Mets, they get started off on the right foot in Milwaukee. This sounds familiar. Swing and a drive in the air to deep right. Flores back onto the track. Gone! A home run! For the 40th time in his major league career, Curtis Granderson has let off a game with a home run. It is the 16th time he's done that as a New York Met. Mets radio on the call. Bartolo Colon earning his fifth win. Mets 
beat the Brewers 5-2. to two. They picked up a game on the Nationals as well, too. They're now just two and a half games back. And the Sharks, they forced Game 6 back in San Jose with a 4-2 win in Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup. That's your NBC Bloomberg Sports Update. Mike? And you can bet, Rob, we're going to be talking about that Sharks game with Penguins fan Tom Keene sometime during the morning here. We'll catch him unawares at some point. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee along with uh, Tom Keene, he of the uh, Penguins Shiva this morning. S&P futures are down by 12 points right now, six-tenths of a percent. Dow futures are half a percent off. That's 90 points. Everybody is uh, watching what's happening in the bond market, and uh, the stock market's selling off as bonds rise. The two-year note yield at 76 basis points. The 10-year falls to 1.66. We don't – well, we'll talk in a few moments. I was going to say we don't want to talk about we'll, – we will talk about what's going on in European yields in just a moment. But first – the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by the New Jersey Institute of Technology, investing more than $110 million a year into applied research to solve problems and improve life. Learn more at storiesofinnovation.njit.edu. Here's Bob Moon. Good morning again, and this is what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Scientists have found a way, a quick way, though not a cheap one, to turn heat-trapping carbon dioxide gas into harmless rock. Experts say the results of a two-year, $10 million experiment called CarbFix, conducted about one-third of a mile deep in the rocks of Iceland, offer new hope for an effective weapon to help fight man-made global warming. When an international team of scientists pumped a carbon dioxide and water mix into underground basalt rocks, basic chemistry took over. The acidic mixture dissolved the rock's calcium-magnesium and formed limestone, a permanent natural jail for the heat-trapping gas. The success of Elon Musk's rocket venture, SpaceX, has given Europe's space industry a kick in the pants. Since April, there have been three flawless landings on the first stage of the Space Exploration Technologies Falcon 9 rocket on a drone barge in the Atlantic Ocean. And Musk announced this week that he plans to start reusing rockets as soon as September. The problem for Europe is that while SpaceX is already testing its reusable rockets and slashing prices, a reusable Ariane 6 is just a glimmer in the eyes of scientists. And even the non-usable, non-reusable, that is, Ariane 6, may not be ready until 2020. More than just European pride is at stake, the space industry there represents 38,000 jobs. And that is this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Michael. Thank you, Bob. Well, it is kind of a crazy world out there this morning. We mentioned that the U.S. 10-year note yield is at 1.66% this morning. Over in Europe, the German 10-year is at three basis points. That's Germany. Ten years, three basis points is the yield you're going to get. And, of course, Commerce Bank said yesterday they're probably going to go to zero. Over in Japan, the 10-year note yield is now at negative 17 basis points. It's a crazy, crazy world, and it appears that everybody is getting into one trade. How worried should we be? Jane Foley is a senior foreign exchange strategist at Rabobank in London. She joins us now. And, Jane, each country has reasons, individual idiosyncratic reasons why you might want to be buying bonds and find some safety. The U.S. has the overriding um, benefit or problem of being the haven for everyone. But uh, how worried should we be about what's going on? Is this something that's going to disappear on June 24th when the Brexit vote is over or uh, on July 6th when, you know, or, or, or when we see the next jobs report? Um, or is this a, a sign of a, a new leg down in global economic thinking? 
I do think that we do have these residual concerns about the, the pace of world growth. They are there and they haven't gone away and they keep on failing to go away. In fact, of course, this week we had the, the World Bank revising down its uh, forecast again. But I do think June the 24th is going to be a really important day. That, of course, is the day after uh, the UK's uh, referendum on EU membership. And, and I say that because irrespective of the economic impact on the UK economy, if we do have a Brexit, there is Europe. And what we have in Europe right now is a lot of cracks already. In fact, some surveys are showing that uh, the French are more anti-EU now than the British. So there is a lot of anti-EU sentiment. There is the possibility that a Brexit or even just a close vote in favour of Remain from the UK could really highlight some of these cracks. And indeed, there could be other uh, referendum that cannot be ruled out. So uh, there are cracks in the EU uh, a Brexit could certainly highlight that. And therefore, the, the real legacy, perhaps, of a Brexit is not its impact on the UK, but its impact on Europe. And if we did see more cracks there, well, we would have slower growth in Europe, even slower growth in Europe, perhaps, I should say. And that is a big worry for the world economy. Well, do we have a conviction trade at this point on that sort of worry? Or is it just let's stash our cash in bonds until we figure out what the heck's going on? I think that's exactly what's happening. I mean, you mentioned that the bond yield, I mean, that is for Europe, the, the, the safe haven. And then, of course, as you mentioned, treasuries. If we look at the currency market, we say the same sort of in fact, effect. We see the, the Swiss franc and the yen over the last 24 hours. The yen, the best performer at the Swiss franc, the next best performer. Those two are, of course, the, the usual candidates in, in terms of safe haven. So we are seeing the safe haven trade coming out. And I think June the 24th or June 23rd is, is the first really big hurdle in terms of risk appetite. After that, of course, we do have other concerns. We've got the U.S. election later on in the year. We have, of course, in Europe, we've got, we've got Spanish elections at the end of June. We've got maybe some political concerns potentially bubbling up in, in Italy, too. And, and so there are a number of concerns further down the road, but certainly June 24th, that's a big one. So we all just go on vacation for a couple of weeks? <laughs> well, indeed. I mean, even if you look at, uh, at sterling, I mean, that there, we've seen some lumpy movements recently, but it does appear that liquidity is, is running dry. So uh, I think many people are, you know, taking up uh, or hedging themselves, taking up safe haven positions, and then just going to batten down the hedges perhaps and, and wait to see what happens. Well, there you have it. There is the ultimate hedge trade for the next two or three weeks, a ticket to Ibiza. You sit on the beach and you turn off... Uh, all of your monitors and you stop worrying about it until you can actually do anything about it. Three basis points, 10 years, Germany. It's, uh, it's a strange, strange world. We'll come back with Jane Foley and talk about whether Thomas Jordan and the Swiss National Bank have any hope at all going forward. Later in the program, we will get an update on politics. Brett Baer will join us from Fox News. Did you hear what Mitch McConnell said about Donald Trump last night? You don't want to miss that. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. 
And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by CGMA, Chartered Global Management Accountant. The CGMA designation and program deliver critical skills your finance team needs to succeed. Learn more at cgma.org slash radio. U.S. stock index futures are lower amid declines across markets and asset classes as investors grew cautious following the recent rally. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down 13 points. Dow E-mini futures down 100. NASDAQ E-mini futures down 33. The DAX in Germany is down 2.25%. 10-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds. The yield 1.65%. NYMEX crude oil down 1.5% or 73 cents to 49.83 a barrel. COMEX gold down 2 tenths percent or $2.50 to 12.73 an ounce. The euro, a dollar thirteen oh seven. The yen, one oh six point eight two. And Pacific Investment Management Company's total returned fund increased its holdings of U.S. government and related debt as treasuries surged along with bonds around the world. The total return fund boosted its stake to thirty six point four two percent of assets in May, from thirty five point eight six percent in April, according to data on the company's website. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thanks so much. Michael McKee, somebody said to me, what's the one thing you look at on your Bloomberg screen? And my answer with a non-correlative mess we're in is that answer shifts about every 7 minutes, 42 seconds. It takes you that long? It, right now, it's the German two-year. I would not have told you that oh, yeah, cause the, 7 minutes, 42 yeah, we, seconds We were ago. looking at the German 10-year. Uh, or then it know. could be the yen, folks. And, and what I want to convey is sort of like there's the jobs report or there's something going on. Sort of everything moves together. That's not the case with what we've seen the last couple days. It's It's nuanced is the one word I would use. The tape has actually been pretty constructive the last 45 minutes, given what we've seen the last two or three days. But I could change that in a heartbeat just, just over what ticks on my screen. Well, exactly. Um, and and uh, we're getting you know more people at work, so vol- volume is rising, which is uh, maybe which gives bringing like, back yeah, a little more. Exa- ex- exactly. But Euro 113.06, we've got a stronger Euro over the last 20 minutes for those keeping score. Yeah, but the currency we want to talk about is the Swissy at the moment with Jane Foley, um, senior foreign exchange strategist at uh, at Rabobank. She's, yeah, we're, we're hooking her up right we're, now. We're, off the we're, we're getting her back. Uh, help me here because I was out doing television, Michael. New York to Ibiza? Ibiza? Ibiza. How, Ibiza, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. It's a very routine flight. I think you and I need to do some market research here. Yeah. Air um, France. We're going to find a lot of a lot of traders there. New York, Ibiza. It's, uh, it's reasonable. It's, it's where you want to go. Um, but uh, maybe where Thomas Jordan wants to go. He is, of course, that could the, be true. the uh, president of the Swiss National Bank. Uh, Jane, he has done, and, and uh, his predecessors have done, everything humanly possible, it seems, to try to keep their currency from uh, just going overboard. Um, and they, they've gone up, they've gone down. And uh, with with uh, their their bond buying to try to influence the currency rate, and it's just they're just being overwhelmed. If we get Brexit, uh, is there any hope for the Swiss? No, you know what? If we get a Brexit, then I think uh, there, there'll be a huge surge in demand for the Swiss franc. Now, if we look back 
to, to last summer, then that's, of course, when the Chinese uh, stock market bubble burst. And, of course, then we had some movement into safe haven. Now, you could argue that the Swiss franc didn't perform that well compared with some other safe havens. So maybe the, the Swiss did have a little bit of success with their policies in, in steering away some of the safe haven flow. But given that a Brexit would be European-oriented, I do think that the Swiss franc is in the front line, really, in terms of uh, the investors trying to buy an alternative non-EU European currency. Now, you could say, what about uh, the Danish krona? What about the, the Norwegian krona? But, of course, liquidity is something which those currencies don't have. So I think inevitably we, we drop, and on euro at Swiss, we drop really quite hard and right. quite fast to 105, and, and then they could perhaps cut rates. Well, let's frame this for mere mortals, Jane Foley. You mentioned Danish krona. I featured euro Danish krona all week, which is two standard deviations, strong Danish looking back 15 years. I mean, there are these adjacencies, these oddities within Europe. I agree with Mike. Nothing is more profound is the Euro-Swiss example of sort of the litmus paper that someone like you sees off your desk. I just modeled Euro-Swissy, and it's 2.6 standard deviations, strong Swiss, in the last five days. That can't continue. Would you suggest we could see the drama of that January long ago where the Swiss just said enough? Well, I think the drama last January was, was probably a, a once-in-a-career move. I mean, that was huge. And at that point, of course, they walked away from that 120 floor, which they have been protecting. Now, they're not protecting a floor anymore. But, yes, they have been intervening in order to, to moderate the, the gains, in order to try and tease Euro-Swiss higher. And actually, this year, you could say, well, the Swiss was performing relatively well. It weakened a little bit. In February, we right. saw the highest levels for Euro-Swiss since that movement last January. But, you know, in, in, an, in an event like a Brexit, I don't think it's going to be easy for the, the Swiss authorities right. to stand in the way of Swiss buying. Mike, the Euro-Swiss, for those who are keeping score, folks, we go to five digits when we're talking Euro-Swissy. 1.08957. Three standard deviations strong Swiss is 1.08541. That's how close we are, Mike to a three-standard deviation move. Uh, Four people just drove off the Garden State Parkway. But that's the kind of stuff pros look at with their Bloombergs when they look at these tensions. Obviously, um, if if your scenario comes to pass, Jane, you're going to have people calling Rabobank Bank and saying, buy me some of them Swissies. Uh, you got to model then how the Swiss National Bank might react if if they're not going to walk away if that was a once in a lifetime move then what could they do that would have an impact yeah they can raise rates but you know uh, move rates around but 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 is that really going to matter no, and that's a problem. And I think this is a problem that the Swiss authorities have been grappling with really since the 1990s, safe haven flows, intermittent safe haven flows. And, and again, more recently, of course, since the, 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 the Greek crisis, you know, that, that really pushed into their uh, into the format of their, their minds that the problems that they have with safe haven. If we look at the Swiss franc on almost any measure, it's very overvalued. Now, the Swiss economy, well, it, it just about grew in the first quarter, but certainly for exporters, it's the last thing that they would want to see that the 
the Swiss franc strengthened. This, everybody knows this, and yet there's going to be very little that they can do. Now, I think, first of all, they would just intervene more. Uh, I think that's the first uh, defense that they would have. If we dropped to, say, 105 and Euro-Swiss, they make up rates again. But, of course, they've already got negative interest rates. We know the debate. We know the, the question marks about negative interest rates and, and how far could they go into negative territory. We know it, it couldn't carry on. So yeah. I think we would almost inevitably have more Swiss francs strength. Yeah. So best-case scenario for them would be, of course, a Remain vote for the UK. And, of course, the other thing that they want is, is more normalization yeah. in European uh, economy. Jane Foley, what short, 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 short-term paper market do you look at to show the oil within the engine, the smoothly running engine? We used to look at LIBOR or LIBOR OIS or long ago the TED spread, folks, which has nothing to do with TED technology speaking. What do you look at when you come in in the morning and you crank up the mouse in the Bloomberg and you look at short-term paper? What is the indicator du jour? Well, I am looking at volatility, particularly in sterling right now. And, of course, over the last two weeks, we've seen a massive peak in, in volatility, massive uh, move higher in, in volatility in, in sterling. Now, perhaps, you know, that's to be expected, but, but really, how far can this go and, and how far can that volatility extend across other safe havens? And again, that's because the, the Brexit uh, question mark is not just about the UK. It is okay. about coherence. Does that volatility, quickly, does that volatility suggest the direction of sterling? 143.96? Are you preparing for a 130 I think I think cable could drop like a stone if we do get that, um, that 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 Brexit vote. But of course, the euro would come under some pressure as well, not as much as sterling, but certainly under some pressure too, because mm-hmm. of the question marks over the the, the, the coherence of of the EU no. in mainland Europe. Uh, one last quick question: Is there a, a, a out of all this and concerns? Is there a dollar shortage developing out there? It seems to be uh, when you look at the. Uh, cross-currency swap spreads? I think, you know, the, the dollar is certainly going to be favored. The dollar, the yen, the Swiss franc, if we did, if we were to get that Brexit uncertainty or that Brexit vote coming through, certainly the dollar would be favored. But then, of course, we move towards November, and then we've got to start questioning ourselves, do we get political risk in the dollar? Um, and, and if so, again, that could change the dynamic as well. Jane Foley, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it with Rob Obank. Mike, somebody said the nicest things about Jane Foley today. Really? Which is one of our listeners. Just said when she's on, when she's on, things are clearer. So we thank St. Jane for coming on today. Saving you and me, right? Saving you and me, but providing clarity here. And, and, and as she said, folks, and you know, we don't have a, a call on Brexit to say the least or remain. I have no idea what's But a 14400 is a good benchmark as we look at polling that may move that statistic uh, over the next are we, uh, week. Are we flying first class or are we flying coach to I'm I'm so far in the rear of the airplane. I'm just checking I prices am, here. I am I am back. When we go over for Brexit, I am so far in the back. I don't even think I get a walk Walker's biscuit. Bloomberg surveillance. <laughs>